you whenever they say, well, here is this song, and then you can't think of that song? <laughs> well, I could think of two of them, Philip. I could think of the one Barb thought of, and then I could think of the other one that Betty Buckner used to sing. I'm free from the load I carried. The old sinful life, I'm set free. When I met Jesus, he made me complete. But for a long time I traveled down a long dusty road. Burden was heavy. My heart sank low, something like that. Then I heard the story. What a wonderful hour. Glad that I found out he would bring me out through his saving power. Then Philip's verse starts, right? Thank God I am free, free, free. This world is sin. I've been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've been born again. Hallelujah. Like a bird out of prison. Quit preaching. <laughs> Taking its flight. Like the blind man that God gave back his sight. Like a poor wretched beggar who found fortune and fame. I'm so glad that I found out he would bring me out through his holy that make you happy? Okay. <laughs> uh, in 2 Peter chapter 3, 2 Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 13, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, Speaking in them of things in which are some things hard, watch that, some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also other scriptures, under their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness but grow in grace and in knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. 
To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. 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 Our Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you would help us as we go to preach. Lord, you know our need and you know the need of our people here. I pray that you'd help us to, Lord, just slow down tonight. Take our time and preach what you would have preached in Jesus' name. Amen. There are a lot of folks that uh, uh, don't understand the word gospel. When I say, uh, if I was going to define the word gospel, then I would go to the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 3, for it said, Paul said there, I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, and that he was buried and rose again the third day, according to the scriptures, that he was seen of Cephas and that he was seen of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, uh, of whom the greater part, he said, remain this present, but some of them has fallen asleep. Now the gospel then, according to the apostle Paul and and his teaching, and in the the majority of the epistles of the the New Testament, The gospel is that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. That he was buried and the third day rose again according to the scripture. And they saw him. Plenty of people saw him. 500 brethren at one time saw him. Peter saw him. Mary saw him. Mary's not mentioned because a woman's word was not valid in those days. Don't throw rocks at me. I'm just telling you why she wasn't there. Then then this gospel is what the Apostle Paul preached all the time. And he was so dogmatic about that. He said, so assured in his heart of it that he said in Romans chapter 16, verse 25, Now to him that is the power to establish you according to my gospel. Yeah. Uh, the gospel that was revealed to me. Yeah. My gospel. And then he said not only my gospel but the preaching of Jesus Christ. And so there is something that Paul preached that has a distinction between what Jesus preached. I think I want to delve into that tonight. Uh, The revelation of the mystery which was kept secret from the foundation of the world. Uh, He used that term, my gospel, I think three times in the New Testament. He called it my gospel simply because it was the gospel that he received, not from men, but from God himself when he was in Arabia. You remember when he was converted, that he went for a a, a period of time to Bible college, if you will. It wasn't one of these uh, uh, self-seeking Bible colleges of our day, but it was the Lord Jesus Christ that taught him, not by man, but taught by God himself, what he was supposed to preach. In Galatians chapter 1, he said, It pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by His grace to reveal His Son in me uh, uh, that I might preach Him among the... When that happened, he said, I conferred not with flesh and blood. I didn't ask anybody about it. I got this revelation straight from the Lord of glory. Then after a while, he went up to Jerusalem to those that were apostles before him. And then he went into Asia and returned again to Damascus. Now I say that to say this, uh, uh, that uh, Paul was so set 
on preaching the correct gospel. Because see, if we would go to the word gospel itself, it just simply means good news. That's all it means, good news. But it may be good news concerning one thing or concerning another thing. We'll look into that in a minute. Paul was set on that being the correct gospel that he preached, that in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, Though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Ain't nothing going to come from that Gentile pulpit but the gospel of Jesus Christ. That one I just defined that Christ died for our sins, buried the third day, rose again. But if we look, and I want to, if I can take my time tonight, I want to look at this word gospel and its simple meaning of good news. And certainly uh, good news drops in favor if we try to add anything to it other than what the Lord Jesus has given us. It's like adding to the Word of God three times, once in the book of Deuteronomy, once in the book of Proverbs, and once in the book of Revelation three times. The Bible said, don't be monkeying with what I told you. It's my book, amen, Deuteronomy 4.2. It's my book, uh, Proverbs 36. It's my book, uh, Revelation 22.18. Don't be messing with the message that I've gave you. But uh, 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 when Jesus said, it is finished on, on Calvary, then it was finished. There can't nothing be added to that. We can't add water baptism We can't add a so-called speaking in tongues. Uh, We can't add anything. It is finished. The work of Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. But there are good times there, and there are many times in the Bible when when, uh, the gospel uh, is uh, uh, good news about the uh, salvation through the grace of God. There are other times when the good news is about the kingdom. And that the kingdom is going to come and God's going to set up an earthly kingdom right here on this earth. Amen. That's what John the Baptist preached. Uh, Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Then there's another time there in the book of Revelation, I think, where it says uh, that an angel flew down from heaven and he preached the gospel. Uh, the everlasting gospel is that men ought to worship God and fear God and give glory to his name. Now, there are times when the gospel is linked both to the kingdom and to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. And stay with me. If I can slow down, I'll try to get this for you. In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 23 and 24, it says it this way. Listen carefully. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. Underline it, into the kingdom of heaven. In the very same uh, scripture, he said, Again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. So here we've got two, uh, at least two different words. Some people say, well, they mean the same thing. But I think if they meant the same thing, God would have used the same word. And so the kingdom of heaven is actually different from the kingdom of God. And we can understand that there is a kingdom of heaven gospel, and then there is a kingdom of God gospel. And we need to understand which is which. So if I was going to explain the kingdom of heaven, 
That'd be where I'd start because that's where the New Testament starts. The book of Matthew is the only book in the Bible that contains that phrase, the kingdom of heaven. And it's the kingdom that God is going to set up on the earth. Now look at Daniel chapter 2 verse 44. The Bible said, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. The kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it will stand forever. So then there is coming a day whenever God is going to take over the kingdoms of this world. There is coming a day. Amen. I'd like for it to be today. There is coming a day when when a physical kingdom is going to be set up on this physical earth and all of the heathen are going to bow before him and declare him to be king of kings and lord of lords. God will set that up. Revelation chapter 12 and Verse 10 says, I heard a loud voice in heaven. Uh, Now has come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and of the power of his Christ. It is noted that the term of the kingdom of heaven, the only place it's used is in the gospel of Matthew. Well, you Bible readers know that the gospel of Matthew is the gospel of the king. It is the story of the king of the Jews. It starts out with his birth. It ends with his crucifixion. But it is the story of the king of the Jews. Amen. And Matthew's job was to write about Jesus. Jesus is the king of the Jews. Amen. Amen. Angels, we have heard on high. Uh, uh, sing across the uh, uh, plain. Uh, and what did he say? The, the mountains uh, in reply, uh, uh, blessed be the name of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That's why they came to he- uh, Bethlehem, uh, that they might worship him that was born the King of the Jews. Amen. Now, Matthew was one of those hated publicans. You talk about them. Uh, uh, all, all of the time, they were tax collectors. They were IRS men. No wonder they hated them. Uh, they were always trying to put people in jail and trying to build money out of them that, that uh, they didn't deserve. And, and Matthew, uh, he, he tells us that while the other writers do not use that term uh, uh, for respect of him, but he tells you, I'm a publican. That's who I am. Uh, uh, God called me from the receded customs. I was sitting there taxing people. And he placed himself uh, in last in the order of the apostles. Mark and Luke placed him first. They could testify that although Matthew humbled himself, his gospel, there are other people that think his gospel should be the first one you should learn. Amen. Now, Now we generally teach people the first one you should learn is the gospel of John. There's a reason for that. But honestly, it looks to me like God wanted people to know about the kingdom of heaven first. And how how it changed from being a kingdom of heaven message to a kingdom of God message. Amen. What we know uh, about Matthew is that he left it all to follow Christ. His life's work from his conversion was to tell other people the story of Jesus. Uh, Though most of them were fishermen, Matthew was a businessman. He had a sharp mind. He knew what he was talking about. He thought in the kingdom that that was spoken of by Daniel the prophet is the kingdom that Matthew was calling the kingdom of heaven. Uh, The king of that kingdom is the main character. 
Amen. John the Baptist came preaching us. Uh, I think in that Matthew starts out with his genealogy. He says Abraham, David, you know, they go all the way down through there. But he's careful to tell us that Joseph is not the father of Jesus. In all of that genealogy, he had opportunity to, uh, to say that Joseph was, but he said that Joseph was not the father. In fact, Matthew 1.18, he said Jesus' father was the Holy Ghost of God. <clears throat> now Jesus both claimed the title and uh, Jesus preached the kingdom. In, uh, he preached it as good news. That that kingdom that God has preached and, and taught about for so long, it's, it's at hand. Amen. We're going to set it up. He went about Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Uh, John the Baptist was the forerunner of the king. And what John preached was the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. Amen. The message that he brought was this, Matthew chapter 3. I, I, you don't have to take my word for it. You can look in the book. Matthew chapter 3, In those days came John the Baptist, preaching in the wilderness of Judea, and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew records both the offer of the good news of the kingdom of heaven and the rejection by Israel of that same kingdom. After the rejection of Israel... We have these words in Matthew chapter 13. He said, He went out of the house and went and sat by the seashore. You think about that. He left Judaism Amen. and went to the sea of the nations. Yeah. He, he left their house and he went out and sat by the seaside. Amen. I think uh, uh, the same day he went out and... and uh, uh, the reason he did that, John tells us, because those people, when he said, I'm the king, the kingdom is at hand, they said, we don't want this man to rule over us. We'll not have this man to rule over us. We have no king but Caesar, they said. Matthew 27, 25, then answered the people and said, his blood be on us. You wonder why Israel has so much problems? I'm telling you why. Because they rejected their king. Because they rejected his kingdom. And they cried for his blood to be on them. And for 2,000 years it's been on their back. And will be until that time. They say, blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Several times Jesus used the, the word kingdom of God. And if I can differentiate between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything else we need will be added to us. The kingdom of God is not a physical kingdom. The kingdom of God, you cannot see it. It is a spiritual kingdom. Amen. At least not at this time. And not until God sets up his kingdom on the earth. Until then, we, we have a spiritual kingdom. Uh, that's how you get in it, preacher. You've got to be born again. The Bible said in John 3, Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Amen. Verily, verily, I say unto you, and, and I think that today we, we could kind of, and I'm skipping ahead, 
And I don't want to go too fast, but we could probably equate that with the church or the saved people is the kingdom of God. That kingdom of God is spiritual kingdom. The apostle Paul taught it was. Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. Jesus answered in John chapter 18, he said, my kingdom is not of this world. But now, but now, what's that word? But now is my kingdom not from hence. He didn't say it won't ever be. He said right now it is a spiritual kingdom and to order, enter that kingdom you must be born again. I think that, that, uh, that is, it's easy to identify when and what. Whenever Jesus' feet are on the ground, whenever his feet are on earth, both of the kingdoms are in one. Whenever he's gone into heaven, they split up. I hope you can understand what I'm saying. When Jesus' feet are on earth, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God are one and the same. But when his feet are located in heaven, there's a difference in the two. Well, you say, what's going to be the difference? I'm glad you asked. Whenever he sets up the kingdom is whenever his feet comes back down and start on the Mount of Olives. Uh, amen. Zachariah said that. Uh, amen. His feet shall stand that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. The Mount of Olives shall uh, uh, cleave in the midst uh, toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a great valley. And so whenever Jesus comes back, just as quick as his feet hit that world, hit the ground, hit the top of Mount of Olives, then the kingdom is going to be set up. All of, the, all of the dates that Daniel has and the 45 days here, and you know, they're all involved in that setting up of the kingdom. But now let me return to the gospel. There is a gospel concerning the kingdom of heaven. Uh, that is the gospel that was preached by the apostles first. Uh, especially on the day of Pentecost. Yeah. If you will read, I mean, don't, don't take what preachers tell you. If you will read, Pentecost has no gospel that Paul preached. Amen. Paul preached that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and was buried and the third day he rose again. Peter did not preach the cross of redemption, but he spoke about the prophet Daniel and the kingdom that he was going to set up. Amen. The fruit of his loins, he said he'd raise up Christ to sit on his throne. And we're a testimony that he is raised from the dead and he was raised with the purpose of setting up his kingdom. Now, in Acts 2.36... Uh, Peter said, let, let Israel uh, uh, surely know that God hath made that same Jesus which you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. The commandments that he preached that day were the very same thing that John the Baptist preached. Yeah. Repent, get baptized, be ready for the kingdom is offered to you. Here it is, you can have it. Amen. If you'll just repent and be baptized, heaven is at hand, uh, uh, get ready for the kingdom. Yeah. Th that, that's what he had in mind. But in Acts 3, 17, I'm talking Bible now. I'm not talking doctrine. I'm talking what the book said. Now, brethren, I want that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God hath before showed by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. When will your sins be forgiven? 
whenever the times of refreshing comes from the Lord. When is the times of refreshing? When King Jesus comes back and sets his feet on that Mount of Olives. Now, that gospel was rejected. Understand why you got in. Because they rejected the gospel of the kingdom. That's the third time. The first time that Israel rejected the gospel was in 1 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 7. Whenever they came to the old prophet and said, we want to be like everybody else. We want to be like the nations around us. We want us a king, a voice for the people. And God said unto him, you listen to them. You listen to their voice and give them a king because they have not rejected you, Samuel. They have rejected me. First time, first time rejected God the Father. Then in the Gospels, they reject the Lord Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter 19, verse 24, his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. We reject him. We have no king but Caesar. Second time, second time that the kingdom has been offered to them. And then here in Acts chapter 2, are, are you following with me? Uh, you ought to get the tape and, and listen to this over the second time, or the third time. In Acts chapter 7, verse 51, when Israel was cut off, it says, uh, 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 this is Stephen preaching. He said, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do you. They resisted the doctrine of the Holy Ghost. So we got three times they rejected the Father, they rejected the Son, they rejected the Holy Ghost, and God cut them all. Now, if I was a replacement theology, we would never let them back in. But I'm not a replacement theology, and I don't believe that God has forsaken His chosen people that He foreknew. Now, Proverbs chapter 4, 18, The path of the just is a shining light that shineth more and more unto perfect day. The revelation that God gives us of the gospel, that's why it was hard to understand. And why people today just take part of it and don't take the rest of it if, if they get it all. And Peter said, hey, it's going to be hard to understand, but, but you need to understand it all. Now, the uh, revelation uh, is, is progressive. I hate that word. Uh, I, I hate to say, the uh, reason I hate it is because the left uses it. Uh, uh, they say you're making progress whenever you grant queers uh, society. Amen. You're making progress all right in the wrong direction. You know, like that man flying that airplane. And they said, uh, uh, how fast are you going? He said, 500 miles an hour. He said, uh, uh, where are you going? He said, I lost my directions. I don't know where we're going, but we sure are making progress. Amen. That's what America is. We are making progress, but we don't know where we're going. Amen. I know we're going to run out of fuel and the airplane is going to crash. Paul, a great enlightenment when he went to the desert of Arabia in that Bible school and he came back with the message that I'm preaching to you tonight. 
the gospel of the grace of God. He said in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Individual salvation, individual soul salvation, your personal salvation is what is offered today. We don't have a kingdom. We're not building a kingdom. We're just trying to get people ready for a great disappearing act. One of these days he's coming back and he's coming back for his church and we need to be in that church. Amen. When Christ sets up his millennial kingdom, he'll give us a part. If you're faithful down here, amen, you're faithful over three things, he'll give you three cities. Y'all read that, haven't you? Now we get to have part in the kingdom because Israel rejected that kingdom. Uh, Romans eleven sixteen. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump's holy. The root is holy and the branches are holy. But some of the branches are broken off. You being a wild olive graft or grafted in, uh, you're allowed to partake of the root of the fatness of the olive tree. Don't be bragging about that. Don't be boasting yourself saying you're better than the Israelites. <laughs> Amen. Because that same God that broke them off can break you off. Fear, he says. So have you got it? Let me, let me give it to you again. The gospel of the kingdom is the good news that God is wanting to set up a kingdom here on this earth. Not, not Roman Catholicism. Amen. Not a, king, uh, a, a, a religious kingdom where the Pope's in charge. No, no. Amen. He's wanting to set up a kingdom where Jesus will sit on the throne in yeah. Jerusalem Amen. and reign with a rod of iron and everybody will obey him. Amen. That's good news. Yeah. Uh, then there is another good news. That kingdom was rejected. And because the kingdom was rejected, the gospel is sent to the Gentiles. Whenever Paul got, you know, he loved the Jews. He did not want to quit preaching to the gym. Uh, but there come a time when he had to say, man, i got to wash my hands, you guys. Uh, from thenceforth, we're going to go to the Gentiles. And to the, uh, the church of Thessalonica, the apostle Paul established him in the gospel and told him, stand fast uh, uh, with what we taught you. We have an everlasting consolation. The gospel will establish you in every good work. And so what I'm saying today is there is a gospel of the grace of God. One day I sat in the back of the church. One day an old Baptist preacher got up there and he preached that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture that he was buried and the third day rose again. I got up out of my seat and I walked down that aisle and knelt at an old-fashioned Baptist altar. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm saying I did that. And I, I, there at that altar, the preacher knelt down and looked in my face and he said, why did you come? And I said, I come because I need saved and I can't save myself. Amen. He said, you, you're, you're in business. Yeah. You came to the right place. Amen. Yeah, amen. Jesus is able to save sinners. And so I asked him, Romans 10, 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I called on his name in faith and hey, I'm saved today. Amen. Isn't that good? Yeah. I'm not saved because I deserve it. I'm not saved because I'm a preacher. I'm not even saved because I'm a Baptist. Yeah. I'm saved because I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Christ died for our sins, according to the scripture, was buried, and the third day rose again. And a whole bunch of people seen him. I haven't seen him, but 
just like uh, Thomas saw him and believed. I'm one of those I ain't saw him, but I believe anyway. Amen. 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 And since I believe, uh, whosoever believeth on the Son hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Let's pray together.